0: Oh, man. This show. Oh, man. It's like a seasoned steak. Is that an analogy? I don't know because I feel like the steak would go bad eventually. No. What is it? I don't know. It's just really good, y'all. And over time, I feel like it just gets better and better. And the incredible people that God brings into the power of this space It just blows my mind and today's Chica, today's sister, today's fellow business coach and belief therapist and author and stage presenter and all these things, she is If you need a message that's going to penetrate your soul and move you into action, and it's not just me, it is LaDondra Harvey. She is amazing. It's so good. And she is going to create an opportunity for you to come into conversation, but also to have tools that are accessible to you in the business foundation, in the life skills, in the growth and the ability to connect, to be in relationship. To have a faith-founded centering that will literally propel you into passion and purpose. I am so excited that I had the opportunity to have this conversation even live at the beginning of Black History Month because I just felt in my spirit provoked to ask, to ask her opinion, to see what her language is when she talks about her community and her culture and their background and their beliefs and their their feelings and emotions and I think as a part of this show and a part of the foundation of how I show up in the world, my passion is to truly show the heartbeat of heaven. And heartbeat of heaven is a beautiful compilation of color, you guys. A beautiful compilation of culture and perspectives and understandings of the different character traits that have shown up in their lives and their stories. And so I am honored to know her. I'm honored to be in a conversation with her today and I know it's going to affect change in your life. So as she said at the very end, she's got an amazing Facebook group where you can get more of her, learn more from her and just be ignited by this feisty human a little bit more often and we all need someone who's a little feisty. So enjoy today's show. Awesome time. Don't forget to subscribe, review, like, share all the things. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Fit Faith podcast. I am so excited to connect you guys with someone who has a shared passion, a shared heart set, not just because we both love the Lord, but we have a desire to help your dreams come true. And I am so excited, LaDondra. Thank you for being here and just uh, having that heart set to be able to activate people because that's truly what your mission is about, empowering.
1: I was on mute. Thank you so much for having me, Tamara. So excited to be here in the presence of another kingdom building entrepreneur. You are doing phenomenal work and it's a pleasure to be here.
0: Well, we were talking right before offline how uh, you you were just looking for an answer for the Lord. You were asking a specific question. I think that that's where all of this starts, right, is that we feel this seed that is deposited of revelation towards a dream, revelation towards an idea, even utilizing our testimony associated to entrepreneurship. And yet we still have to seek. And nobody's like made it. Nobody's gotten to the place of all the answers. Right. And as much as I know God and I am assured in my faith, there's more that he's going to reveal to me about his character, about who he is and how my business associated that is going to evolve. So I want to hear like from you, where was that seed dropped? How is entrepreneurship connected to your faith? All the things. Let's go. Let's take it back.
1: Well, let's go all the way back. So for me, that C was dropped in an early age when, um, because I come from a a household where there was drug abuse, alcoholism, and all the things. And so I remember as a young girl, I would think I was like, you know, these are just like, so wise, my mom, my brother, like, it wasn't my brothers, but I call them my broncos. They're my uncle slash brothers, because we just have a really close relationship. And I would think like, Who would they be if they knew who they are and who they were? And I would just, you know, I would get so frustrated just watching them because they were so wise and I just wasn't saying that. And so I'm a little feisty. So I was like, you know what? Well, if they don't do anything with it, I'm going to take it and I'm going to do something with it and I'm going to break the generational cycle. And so. What happened for me is I I just started to just try on some things because I just knew I was called to entrepreneurship, but didn't really know what that was going to look like. I thought it would be an attorney because I'm like, I'm going to get my uncle Steve out of jail. But that wasn't that wasn't my calling as I when I got off into the the field (laughs) of the work. But there were some other things that was there. Once I got into that field, I started to notice that I was a great encourager. I noticed that people would pay attention to the advice I was giving. I was just giving advice. I thought I just was giving advice and what I found is that that advice it became something that started to be real transformational to a lot of individuals and so I just kept on following the past so there were seeds deposited into me from my history with my family. I wanted something different And I knew that I I just said, I just knew it. I didn't know what to do with it, but I just knew it, that I was called to change it. And so that's how it started for me.
0: So good. And, and to know that like we have this shared passion towards infusing not just the understanding of business or the empowerment side of things, because I think that there's tons of people out there that can give me motivation. But when it's rooted and founded in that space of identity, like you wanted to call out, you wanted to see from your Broncos, which I love that so much. Um, more of. You wanted them to be able to unleash and uncover the fullness of who they were called to be. And I think it's interesting that it was from that childlike spirit that you were able to call that out. And I think that's what a lot of people, especially the older generation need. And I don't know about you, but I have a lot of clients who are decades older than me, which I'm not to position myself as youthful. I am though. I'm, I'm still a baby, but I always felt like there was this sense of a bit of imposter syndrome associated to that on how can I speak into the lives of these people who are feeling magnetized to me? And yet that's the exact reason that we need to infuse life and empower from that rooted space of childlike wisdom. Talk me through like how you've brought in new clients and is there an age differentiation? Have you seen now your uncles grow and evolve because
1: of you stepping into the fullness of who you're called to be? Yes, you know, it's so interesting that you brought that up and I appreciate that because the thing is, is that for me, it's same thing, that imposter syndrome, like if people would come to me and like you said, I'm still really young. And so people come to me and they're like 70 and I'm like, who? Am I to be talking (laughs) to them? Like, I think that they should be telling me something. Let me go sit down. And, you know, that's that church culture as well, like where it's like, you know, be heard, but you don't say anything. But it just was something on the inside of me that just said, you better keep speaking, keep speaking, keep speaking, keep speaking. And the thing it was that helped me to break through that is I was reminded of Jesus. Like he started young in his ministry and he started at 12. And then when he really, really got into it, he was in his thirties, which I'm in my late thirties. And so I'm like, well, if Jesus did it, then I can do it. He lives in me. And so the same spirit that's in him, is in me. And so I can go forth and I can say the things that needs to be said, as long as they're Holy Spirit led, they're not LaDondra led. And <laughs> as long as, right. And, and as long as I'm doing things to advance his kingdom, according to his will and his purpose, because what I found is that a lot of people want to project the a lot of them on you and not a a lot of him. And so we need more of him on us than them. And so I just, I've, I've, I've learned to sit in a surrendered state. to to receive what I need to receive, be filled up so I can pour out into those clients. And I found that when I do that, that it's not that I'm having to hustle for those clients. Those clients are starting to be attracted to me and my work because I'm not in a performance-based behavior, which I was when I first started because I thought that, oh, I'm supposed to do this, 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 do, 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 do. But then I found that it wasn't about my doing, it was about me being in him. And when I be in him, then that's when everything else will line up the clients, the money, all of it, and it has, but when I was doing it the opposite way, I started to lose myself and lose that sense of fulfillment. And I was losing the things that matter to me the most, my family. I was out hustling, trying to do all the things and not spending quality time with my family, and it wasn't working. I don't want success without them. And so you know, once I started to really get in alignment with him and then alignment with the assignment, then the clients was attracted to me. And yes, my um, my family is doing wonderful. How, are they all on track? No, they're not. But what I found is that, I get to model what success looks like, godly success looks like. And so it's not about what I say. It's about what I'm doing and how I'm showing up that's inspiring those other family members that's still in the trenches, still trying to find their way, still trying to find that identity. Then they get to look and say, OK, well, if she's doing it, she came from the same house and the same town and all the things if she can do it. I can, too.
0: Oh, there's so much power in that last portion of what you were saying that hasn't really been tapped into in the show. And it's kind of like that historical component to who we are, the situations that try to trap us whether it's a proximity of people, whether it's an actual place, whether it's a a different perspective that's been blanketed over us. And I think when you go back to what you were saying associated to like a seven-year-old or me and a lot of people in their fifties, where they're ready for that, that midlife crisis, right? Where I had a quarter life crisis, where I was hustling just like you sister. And it's that revelation that there's so much more there. The promises of God are a part of a light burden. Like that's literally his promise. And yet we're trying to put on the yoke that's so heavy because it's achievement driven. And that's not it. It's the process that is light and the process that is beautiful. But it's this knowing that so many people can get stuck. And I think when we look at it from a place of not age, but a place of wisdom because of perspective, Mm -hmm. it's all parallel to that word that you said alignment, which is such a heart set for me, but also that space of surrender Mm -hmm. and knowing that's like, it's his will I love the concept. I've said this before, but, uh, like you can't take a U-Haul to heaven. And when you understand that, you realize that everything that everyone generally is striving for is this exterior bliss. When you said it perfectly, it comes with your connection to your family. It comes with the people that you love. It comes with relationship and ultimately that relationship with the Lord. So talk us through, like, how do you help people get out of that old mindset or those limiting beliefs or that stuck place of um, proximity towards people who are keeping them trapped?
1: Yeah. Well, you know, it it starts with us. It starts with ourselves. So it starts with where we take time to assess where we are where are you right now? Because how can you get out of a situation when you don't know where you are to know where you're trying to go? And so when I say that, what I'm meaning is, where am I at? How do I feel? What are my thoughts? What are my beliefs? What are the things that have been projected on me that I have bought into that I'm believing that's true that maybe is not true about me? What have I allowed my surroundings to speak to me that there's not enough? There's their scarcity. This is only this is all that's available. Because see, what I found is a lot of times in our surroundings, we look at that and we stay in this box and it's like, okay, this is all that's available to me. Well, no, sis, there's so much more that's available to you in at first in in Christ, but then also in your career and all the things that you've been called to do. You've been called to affect culture. But first you got to assess where are you? Where am I right now? And is who I'm being, is it in an alignment with Christ and who he has said that I should be or who he has called me to be? And so once you first do that, you assess where you are, you assess those old beliefs, those habits, those hangups, your your family beliefs and culture, all the things, because I'm telling you, it's a whole bunch of stuff going on in there. And a lot of times you don't even realize that, it's happening. You're just operating from it. You're operating from an old uh, belief system or an old uh, uh, just pattern that you just don't know. And the second thing is, is as you become aware, you got to do something with that. You got to reconcile it. You got to reconcile that which has been broken. You have to reconcile that which is has caused you pain or whatever the case is. And the way that you reconcile it is, you bring it under the authority of truth. So if this is, if 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 this old negative Pattern, somebody said that you wasn't good enough. Well, is that really true? Well, what does God say that about this? Well, he said that I was wonderfully created. I am a masterpiece. So where are in there in that part. Is there something that's wrong with me or it's broken or whatever the case? So bring it under the authority of truth. And after you bring it under the authority of truth, you got to believe it. So now you've, you, you've heard it, you've seen the truth, now you got to believe it. And once you take, you start to believe it, that belief starts to take seed and it starts to take root in your heart and in your mind. And you may start to take actions that don't feel like it's true, but the more and more you start to take those actions and the more and more you start to line yourself up with the Lord, then the more and more you'll start to see the glory of God shine in and through you and and you start to say, you know what? In me with Christ, nothing is impossible. So more has been available. I just didn't know how to tap into it. And so once you start to reconcile and bring the lies under the, the authority of truth, then you got to get in alignment. So, okay, what if God? What has he called me to do? Because he's called us to do something here on earth. There is something that we've been uniquely gifted to do to affect hope. Co- culture and to change all the things. What ha- What is that? And a- am I trying to play in somebody else's lane? Or is there something that I've been uh, chosen uniquely to do to shine in my divine lane? Because see, he's called us to be the light of the world. Like a city set on a hilltop, am I being the light of the world or am I conforming to the patterns of the world? Because see, I haven't been called to conform. I've been called to stand out and affect culture. And the only way that I can do that is by the way I show up and shine in my gift. And so that's the way that I, in my culture practice that I teach, that's the foundational things that I teach my clients as we go through things, because what what is success if you haven't lined it up with with the word of God and who you're supposed to be in my being, in you, Lord, I find my being, in you, Lord, that's it, I find my identity, in you, Lord, not in the world, in you, Lord, and then everything else lines up from there.
0: Holy cow, if you guys are running around right now, you better get out your seat and flex because that was so good. I'm like, oh my gosh, good thing there's a mute button on this mic. (laughs) I'm like trying to keep my sustenance of like, smile and listen. And oh my gosh, this is so good. We prayed right before we started and right before we pressed live on this podcast. And I was like, let us be a conduit to your word. Let us be a conduit to your energy. Let us be an experience that people have not yet seen seeing the full revelation of who you are, God. And there is in that so many pieces that you just said. I think one of the things I want to illuminate for people as they're listening is the fact that we are meant to be culture changers and shakers and movers, that the culture is not meant to affect us. The culture is not meant to be something that impresses on us or shapes us. And yet, I think, especially for the youth, as I can see it in so many different ways, like, Everything is saying, this is what you're supposed to be. This is the mold in which I call you to be. And they're not listening to the voice of God. They haven't tuned into that so much so that music is connected to the outcome of depression and anxiety and comparison and I remember it, even just thinking of like 17 Magazine when I was younger, I would see it when I was checking out and I'd be like, am I supposed to look like her? Am I supposed to do those things, right? And so realizing that we actually have the authority, that we are the head and not the tail, that we are the ones who come in and we change the atmosphere because the God who we call God, who is sovereign and good and powerful, he is the presence in which we carry. And so how do we shape ourselves from a business foundation? How do we do that? How do we create an atmosphere or a culture that when people come in, they sense the presence of the Lord, that the frameworks and the, the principles that we're teaching, they're premised in the word. I still find it wild to say out loud that I'm a two-time best-selling author and have three published books and more to come in the next year. I feel surreal and yet exactly where I thought I'd be. When I started this podcasting journey, Fit and Faith was a way to share my story, but I knew it had to be documented differently. In the process of my writing the entire story, I shared just one aspect in a women's devotional book called She Writes for Him, Stories of Resilient Faith. I talked about my shame story, and the testimonies that came from that one chapter was the affirmation I needed to keep pursuing the whole story. The bare-all book that released last fall called Always Becoming, sex, shame, and love. Gracie, I know. And not what you think you probably hear on a Christian podcast, but y'all, we have to start talking about the real things, the real conversations. It's no different than this podcast where we talk about the real things. It's the deep stuff. It's the true stuff that matters. And while talking about business is awesome, and what I show up to do on a daily as a kingdom entrepreneur and business coach, it's only a fraction of the story. My second bestseller was released right after this personal development book as a business resource. It's called The Female Entrepreneur's Playbook and features 20 plus women gifting you their blueprints. All three of these books make up the most perfect bundle for the fellow female faith-driven world changer. That's you, I bet. So you can go to my site right now and get signed copies of all three. TamaraAndress.com. Yes, make sure you spell Tamara right. T A M. RA. It's boring and exciting all at the same time because I stand out. TamaraAndrus.com. Click on the book and get yours today. Three, all in one bundle. It's going to change your life because, well, it is mine. So let's be world changers together. Talk us through how other people who don't have maybe the same revelation or maybe the same, um, what's the other word, just foundation to what we have. How do you help cultivate that in other people?
1: Yes. So the very first thing for me is that I want to, I want to teach and empower you how to hear God. I want to teach you because see, we've, a lot of times we stop at oh, I got saved. But part of getting saved is having a relationship with Christ. And having a relationship with Christ requires you to not only uh, just be praying and speaking, but then it also requires you to be able to hear and receive. And so, you know, we say, okay, let's not conform to the ways of the world and allow, allow culture to have an impact on us. Well, the only way that that can happen is if we start to have that relationship and we start to hear God and we start to allow his word to be activated in our hearts and in our minds. And it says that the word says that I have the mind of Christ, but see, how do you have the mind of Christ if you can't, if you're living at a lower level and you're only hearing from the worldly perspective, you have to raise up to 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 uh, where he is, the where you'll be able to hear and receive that which he is trying to give and impress upon you because the ideas that you're looking for as a business owner, it's in him. The 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 next uh, course that you're looking for, it's in him. Whatever it is that you're looking for, it is in him. It is in him. And so you have to come down to surrender yourself to a place to where you can hear and where you can receive that which he is trying to do in and through you. And so that is the very first thing that we do because there's so much noise that's around us and subliminal messages that are uh, impressing themselves on us. And I will tell you from a personal standpoint, because I started in um, the business even younger, and it was a lot of older entrepreneurs who were r- around me that was seasoned. And so I started out as me. I came in the door as me, and I was this little feisty me. But I, I, I found, uh, like real quick, I found that I started to try to fit to conform. I felt like I had to change because they have more experience than I do. I have to line up to, because this, there's an order to this. And so I have to line up and do what, what is said and how they're doing it because they have the seeds to success. And so if I listen and if I pay attention, okay, okay, Am I making them my source or am I making him my source? And I was making them my source and not him. And so I had to step back. It took this place where I was unfulfilled. I started to feel really unfulfilled and just really just like, this void and emptiness like like it just wasn't working anymore and i paid attention to that that's why i say we have to learn how to hear i paid attention to that void and that emptiness that was god trying to get my attention and so i stepped back i took a sabbatical to hear and listen, and guess what? He started to give me everything that I needed. It wasn't that I was supposed to be at those networking events, I wasn't even supposed to be there. I was in the wrong atmosphere, and so I would why. And then, wondering why my seed wasn't flourishing like it needed to, I was in a desert place trying to trying to allow something, um, greatness to come through. Well, it wasn't going to come through because it was too many prickly things pricking at me and telling me who I should and should not be. And that was so far-fetched from where what God has said. And so you have to shift your environment. That's the next thing that I'd say. So after you hear God, you got to shift your environment and get in a godly community where people are willing to share truth with you because we don't need anybody. You don't want to be around anybody who's going to make you feel comfortable. That's not going to raise you up to the level that you need to be. And I remember that Paul told Timothy that he was being a coward, basically. And and he needed to get back out there and get on his assignment because fear is not, it's not of God. We need people who are calling us up and in the right environments and saying, you know what, LaDondra, you need to go out there and you need to go and do that because you've been called to do it and you're hiding right now. So, and 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 a lot of times when you get into that entrepreneurial field, you start to hide, those old behaviors start to come up, all the things. I'm an imposter all this stuff well guess what if you're in the right environment and you have people praying over you interceding for you going to battle for you in fasting and prayer and you're doing the same thing because it's about reciprocation then then that's those are some of the things the way you can cultivate it and the last thing I will say Tamara, Is allow, when you're reading the word, allow it to become life in your life. It's not just a storybook. It is something like we said in, um, with the story with the woman at the well, I will give you living water. So let that, let the word become the living water that you live on daily and allow that to produce something in you, the fruit in you so that you can manifest that out and to the world in a mighty way, according to God's purpose, his plans, and his will.
0: Goodness gracious. Yes, sister, this is so good. You guys, I feel like I'm a church right now, and I like it. And this is the thing, church is everywhere, right? Mm -hmm. You are the church, and it's that representation. You said it earlier that there can be those blanketing church cultures that can actually keep you in the four walls, and we're meant to go out. In spaces like business, spaces like education, spaces like politics, right? Like if that's a calling on your life and you are hearing that from the word and the Lord himself, it's this knowing that you have to activate. So I love that you talked about hearing from God and then taking action over what that word says and making sure that it's in parallel to people who can be mentors, coaches like ourselves, right? Or even just the fellow cheerleaders. Talk to me about who you have in your circle that is not only um, cheering you on, but praying you on and understanding that word reciprocation in that I think is so critical because sometimes we can see that we're maybe ahead of I'm not sure of what, I guess, from the cultural standpoint of success. Right. And yet the people who are actually in your community, they're the foundation in which is propelling because of the God that they serve. And that if you don't have those cheerleaders, you if you're not creating an atmosphere or a culture or a community beneath you, that how are you going to celebrate when it's somebody else's turn? Who are you going to be cheering for at the same time? Talk me through like community building and mentorship associated to that.
1: Yes, that's so good. And I, I, you know, I want to tell you what my favorite one is. And I didn't know about this one until I knew about it, but I didn't know I needed it until uh, it was last year, the top of last year an Intercessor. I I needed an intercessor on my team, and I didn't know that. And the, here's what the thing is, as far as an intercessor, and why it's so important to have an intercessor in your community. A lot of times, as entrepreneurs, we are we're the visionaries, we're the CEOs, as you say, we are the founders, the innovators, <laughs> and the We are at the top of things. And so, with that being said, there's not always People that's praying and covering us, we're covering everyone else, but who's covering us? And so, you need someone to go to bat and intercede and cover you and the things that you are doing because the enemy is going to be after all of what you're trying to do because you're a threat to his territory. And so, one of the people that you need on your team, I say all that to say, is an intercessor, somebody who's going to pray, who's going to fast, who's going to, um, who's going to share insights that they've received from the Lord. And a lot of times they're going to call you up with those insights. And and so that's the first one that I'd say, and I do have two of them on my team. I, it started with just one, and she actually was is um, my podcast of booking agent and I didn't know like what that she was bringing all this to the table and before I knew it she was calling me and she was like um sending me boxers messages and she was praying over me and those prayers was like directly in alignment with heaven and then before I knew it she started to go in the gaps and interceding I hadn't told her any of this stuff and I'm like Oh my gosh! I said, "Where you been all my life?" Like I need you every That's day. Amazing. She started to bring a different type of value that I didn't realize that I needed. And then I have another one who's like my spiritual mother, who is like covering. She knows a little bit more and a little bit more depth about me and going into uh, into that for me because. I was the biggest one in my community at that time. Um and when I say that there was other leaders around me, but they wasn't sewing directly into me. I was sewing directly into others and I thought that that was okay because my family history said, "Hey, you 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 suck it up you be strong and you keep going and you have to be the one to continue to model things okay i can continue can you continue to model things but i need somebody pouring into me and praying over me and interceding for me so that's the first one i just need to go in depth so you guys will know how important and how game-changing and how oh my gosh okay okay and then the next one is you need a, a, a coach and a mentor whatever that's going to look like for you. So you have your gifts, you have your talents, but you're going to need someone to help to guide you through that process. So it's like you have the we'll think about it as a basketball player. So a basketball player, they have their talent there and, and their gifts, but the coach is uh, draws out greatness from them. And so you need someone as a mentor or a coach who's going to draw out those great parts of you to call you up into those higher levels of purpose and those higher levels of, of, of influence to where you are to affect culture. Because see, a lot of times what I found, Tamara, is that... Um, a lot of women especially women entrepreneurs feel like oh i don't my influence is only in the home no it, or or it's only the in i can only do this little piece at the church no like church goes beyond the four walls it and, and it goes beyond the four walls at your home you were called to affect culture in a mighty way and so you need someone to call you up and draw out those things that you can't see those blind side type things that you can't see or didn't know that even existed but they see it they see it in you and they're going to call it forth and then the third I would say is that even having your your um I have an accountability team as well see mm-hmm. I, I just I needed a board of people because
0: the that
1: <laughs> and I want to take off running and I'm like no sir uh Jonah is about to take the uh next boat out because she's not having that like and and my fear starts to go but then my accountability team will say okay listen this is what you said you were gonna do so why aren't you doing it and I'll come up with all my, well, I don't want to do this. And I told you I'm feisty. So I don't want to do this because like, I'm afraid this, this, and this. And it's like, okay, so what does fear have to do with anything? You can be afraid, but you still need to step into it because he's, there's something that God is trying to pull through you and, and he's trying to do in you. And who are you robbing at when you don't show up fully in your assignment? That hurt. I'm probably robbing a lot of people. Let me get up on my get back on my horse and put my feelings to the side and, and keep going. Knowing that I have everything in me to fulfill the mandate that God is calling me to. So an accountability team. Those are the my three main ones. But I will say the last one, and this is one that we kind of take for granted. The the our what this is what I call our solo line tribe. And my solo line tribe, those are the people that I've been called to serve, and these are people that I'm porn into. And what I found is that as I'm pouring into them, guess what? They're pulling back into me with validation. They're pulling back into me with, with with elevation and saying, you know what, sis, you're on the right track and this is what your work has done for me. And so it starts to confirm some things on the inside of you. And so for those of you who have been feeling that imposter syndrome, then it's like, you know what? That's a lie. Because see, my client said, or that's a lie. The people that I've been called, started, she put this in my DMs and said, so those solo line tribe, they are, they're there too. And that's why you got to make sure you're serving the right clients because if you're not serving the right clients they're going to make you start second guessing the things that you're doing and you're in the right place doing the right thing but with the wrong people
0: Mm, 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 mm. All right, y'all, if you didn't catch that, you need an intercessor. You need a spiritual mother, you know, a mentor and a coach. You need to have those accountability partners and your spiritual line tribe. I love that so much. And this is the part that I think is really critical that people forget about that. Um, and one thing that I do as a tangible for the listeners that are here right now, because there are surely those quiet moments. There are surely those moments as a trailblazer where you're like, Is anybody here? Is any does anybody see where I'm going? Because I feel like I'm just constantly like, do you see that? Do you see that? And God has revealed it to me, but it's really hard even for your mentors, even for your accountability partners to see the same thing. They might keep you intact for the right now, but can they keep you intact for the vision that God gave you? Mm-hmm. And so it's taking that understanding and having something that's accessible to you. So I take screen grabs of every time I get affirmation from people, whether it's text, whether it's DM, whether it's an email, even some of the things that are live when I'm coaching with people and we clip it and I have it in a swipe file on my phone for those quiet moments where I'm like, man, I'm tired today man, I need to be refueled. Man, I need something as a reminder that this is the right direction in which I am going. So there are people on right now, Kelly is one of them. She's like, I love your feistiness. And she is one of those people who constantly is lifting me up in the wee hours in the morning, in the middle of the night. I'm like, girl, how do you know where I'm at all the time? But those are the people that we need. And so making sure even with the intercessor piece and the spiritual mother piece, I love that you said the explanation that, They're people in your inmost circle. They know a little bit more. They have more access to you. They're able to speak life into those areas, even outside that people don't know. And that's the sharpening process, right? Because usually those people, they're the ones who are like, ooh, that kind of hurt when you said that. Ooh, I don't want to do that though, right? And they're like, You're going, they're pushing you off the airplane. They're saying, go anyway, you've got this. You can do this. And I can stand here affirmed and praising Jesus as your Aaron and your her, as you go and you blaze that trail. And so I wanted to give people like that tangible understanding that there are ways that you can safe harbor yourself in the quiet moments. Obviously God's there for you, but sometimes you're like, God, I don't hear you. What do I do at that point? And I know that it's getting in the word. I know that it's worshiping anyway. I know that it's actually seeking and asking the question, God, show up for me. Give me a God wink today so that I can be affirmed and I can keep writing this path that you're giving me and making sure that I am changing culture and culture is not changing me. I have a question for you and it might be cause some friction or some tension. And it's only because we're sisters in the Lord that I feel confident that I can ask you this without having asked you offline before I jumped into this conversation. But today is the start of Black History Month, and I am very much passionate about bringing to life all stories and letting people testify and tell their truths and also understanding that my limited perspective of your truth and your testimony and the lineage of that is different than what I can even fathom or understand. And so I want to know like how can us white sisters, any other ethnicity sisters, help to create pedestals for you all, platforms for you to feel like you're being heard, seen, known and able to stand in the authority and the identity that you are uniquely called to.
1: Mm-hmm. Listen, I appreciate you being sensitive to the spirit and just going ahead and going for that. Um, and I appreciate that question. So yes, this is, and it's a timely question for the season in which we live right now. And I will, I wanna, before I answer that question, I want to just, just give you a quick example. So for me, the, in my accountability group that we just talked about, two of the ladies are in there are, um, they're Caucasian and, um, they're older than I am. And, uh, so a lot of times when we started to go through the things that where we got into the heat of things last year and, and, and um, some of the years prior, I wanted to go and tell them that I don't want to be a friend no more. <laughs> if I'm just true, This is true. Yeah, sure. I just, I, just, I don't want to be your friend no more because I just felt like, It was so much trauma that I was going through and experiencing and reliving because even in our small town, like there was a lot of trauma because it was a small town, most prominently white, where there was more power and um and my uncle, the one who was locked up for years and years and years, he had experienced uh, some of the prejudices from that. And so I, you know, I just had a lot of trauma. And so having that to come up and then having re- people in my close circle that's Caucasian and it was just all happening. And I'm like, no, I don't want to be their friend anymore. And I'm going to say this. and I'm going to bring it home. Then um, later that year, I was in this group. They said there was a prayer call. And in that prayer call, um, they got into this situation of why they didn't like Black Lives Matter and just like all this stuff. I'm the only African American (laughs) lady on the line. And I'm like, what does this have to do with the prayer line? I don't know. But um, so anyway, I shared my truth, I shared how I felt about it. And to answer your question, and the reason why I gave you those two examples is. The things that you could do being from a different cultural background is to create space to listen and to hear and to receive without attacking and, and trying to make us wrong for the way that we feel because you haven't had those experiences that we've felt. And so if you could listen and you could hear and you could feel, then it'll provoke a sensitivity in the inside of you and a sense of p- compassion to where you You start to have the heart of God to say, you know what, sis, I see you. I see that you've been working really hard in your business. I see that you've been really you know, striving for more And what door can I open up for you? What what can I what can I do? So then you start to as you it opens up that sensitivity. Then it starts to provoke something on the inside of you to say, what can I do with what I have available? And so that's what I would say is to create space to allow us to have our emotions, because we've been through a lot. And that has been unspoken. And then some of it is spoken. And then the other thing is, is then if you see it, have that sensitivity to say, you know what, I want to walk with you. I want to open up a door for you. And, and, and then help to actually walk through, help us to walk through that door, whatever that looks like. Does that answer your question? It
0: does. I love that so much. And I think that there's that confidence in me as you're speaking like i can do that like i feel like i can do that right and to be mindful of it and to be aware of it and it's no different than the entire conversation we're having because god is a god of favor and he favors and loves every single one there is no judgment there is no uh hierarchy in god's love like we are all his children and i think when we want to know more and we do have space to ask questions and sit with the responses. Whether or not it causes friction or not isn't the response. It's the aftermath of that. It's the, how do I feel about this? How can I encourage further in depth of conversation, but also just like the premise of business principles that we're talking about, what does God say about this? And how can we then respond in a family matters of making more space. And so I'm I'm grateful that you were able to breathe on this conversation to give such tangible examples to that and to know that there are such valuable opportunities and doing so and speaking about a topic like Black Lives Matter in a room full of white people is not the way to do it because that's not a conversation. That's an opinion. And that is a one lined one lens perspective that is not helping the situation. And so really creating spaces that are inclusive, creating spaces that are open and allowing everyone to talk, but also not just talk like we've got to be better listeners and apply from there. And so I love that you gave us an example of tangible outcome, tangible response that actually doesn't require us to talk at all. Opening a door you can do quietly right yes. and i love that so if- Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I just, I've enjoyed this conversation so much. I know that we could go in so many different directions moving forward. I wanted to bring light to the fact that as she was talking and knowing that she's not just a certified business coach, but she also has a certified belief therapist license, which I think is so rad. You also have a book, you're an author and you just love to empower people. And I can sense that in you through that feistiness. And I know a lot of people who need the feisty factor in a coach and in a mentor. And so I can't wait to just encourage them to come into your community. How else can we get involved in missions or deliverance or anything that you're working on?
1: I appreciate that, Tamara. The The way that you can get the closest to me is we have a free Facebook group. Um, it's called We Doing Business God's Way. And it is a community where we are literally doing business God's way. Our mission is to help women operating Kingdom Enterprises to Break worldly conformity. So conquer worldly conformity, break generational cycles and do business God's way. And we are doing just that in that community with the spiritual and business um, insights and tactical training. And I can't wait to get in there.
0: I can't wait to get in there. I want to receive because you surely have a massive just ability to create words that not only affect heart, but like you said, affect atmosphere. And so Kelly, you got to jump in there too. Kelly's listening live with us right now. It's just been such a pleasure and I want to serve and show up and and just support you in the mission that you're on. That's so synonymous to mine. And this is the thing y'all, when you're connected to the father and you're connected to the family and you understand the heart of heaven, I can't be where Lejandra is. She can't be always where I am. We need multiple. We need more. We need an army. And it's not a spirit of competition. It's a spirit of collaboration to say, yes, sister, you go. I'll go. Let's fight. Let's pray together. Let's stand on stages together. And also on the times that I can't be there. Go, go, go. I think it's important for us to realize that there is a catapult opportunity when you're connected to someone and it's not about you being in front or even beside. Sometimes you got to throw them in the forefront so they can go into the fire before you because they have access there and you don't. And so I think that also lends itself to the conversation that we've been having just now and even in the forefront. And that's what you're doing for the people who have yet to break out of those trenches is you've gone out in the fire and they, you're making way for them. So I appreciate how you show up in the world and I'm excited to continue to connect after this.
1: Me too, Tamara. Thank you for the work that you're doing. It's truly transformational. So thank you so much. Love you, sister. Love you too.
0: We're totally in this together and we appreciate the extra step taken. I'm Jennifer Slattery, lead host of the Faith Over Fear podcast, helping you fight your fears and grow your faith. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com.